Welcome to the Seashore Church Message of the Week. This message is designed to bring more of heaven into your world today. For more resources like this, or to learn more about our church, visit seashorechurch.com. What we're going to talk about for the next few months is some spiritual warfare stuff. And not in a spooky way or a um, um, mysterious way. We really want to debunk the mystery of spiritual warfare and what it means to be actually the kingdom of God, to debunk the mystery of the kingdom of God. Um, so I'm going to start actually with two words that, oh, I've got way too much stuff here. I'm going to start because um, I don't know who does this and I really do encourage it. Uh, journal, journal with the Lord. And even if you're a guy, like my husband's a bit like, oh, no, journaling's for girls. I do it on my iPhone. Makes it sound more manly or something. I don't know. Create a note. You know. He's not here, so all the joke's going to be on him today. <laughs> no. no, no, they won't be. <laughs> He'll watch the video. He'll know. <laughs> so, so I, I do want to say um, specifically two words that the Holy Spirit gave me. One was in, um, one was in um, what's the date? The 20th of December. One was the 20th of December in 2019. And um, I like to pray, God, what do you got for the next year, right? So we're running into the time where I'd start praying, God, what have you got for 2021, right? So I do that. I was doing that last year. And in December um, 20, which is, you know, coming up to 10 days out from the new year, um, this is, he, he really said this to me uh, about a few things. But well, he said a few things. This particular one. I've shared it before, so I know some of you, um, some of you've heard this, but I know there's people that here that haven't. Um, but he said this uh, just on 2020 vision, like um, spiritual seeing, not like 2020 vision that we make these nice little cliche things about. Oh, 2020 vision, got a vision for my life. No, I mean the seeing in the spirit, real, real seeing, in, like the the things that God wants us to be seeing, and we put aside the flesh side of who we are. So we really 2020 vision now becomes a spiritual seeing in the Lord. Um, and versus happy, clappy, hype, rhetoric, that stuff, right? This is what he was saying, um, these two words. Um, the first one is, I am going to explode the church in this next coming year. <laughs> I'll giggle, I'll giggle, and I'll tell you why in a minute. I'm going to explode the church in this next coming year, both for good and for bad. People will have to side with truth, or the evil lies that are being perpetrated daily. This is to the church, by the way. I just thought it was to our church. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is really for the church. Um, he said this, this will be very disillusioning for those inside and outside of the church. Um, put aside the distractions. That's it. Real short word, right? Real short word. I'm going to read it again. I'm going to explode the church in this next coming year, both for good and for bad. People will have to side with truth or the evil lies that are being perpetrated daily. This will be very disillusioning for those who are inside and those who are outside of the church. Put aside distractions. And uh, I actually, at first when I got this word... Um, it came with another word that some of the worship team know because um, God had been saying to me for, d for weeks, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? And I'm like, oh, of course I'm ready. What for though? <laughs> like, you know, you have those kind of conversations 
And, um, and so when he, when he gave me the word, I'm going to explode in the church, I really just thought, oh, he's going to grow Seashore Church. Yeah. <laughs> and so, of course, I'm excited about that. But then I read this just a few months ago and went, I, was, I, I received that word and got it so wrong. Because really what he meant was he has flipped the whole of the world on its side with, you know, COVID has. And, and so God then, what he's using, what the enemy uses for evil, God's going to change and use it all for his good. And he has used it to flip the church on its side. And so the church now has had to strip away all the things that it wrongly looked to and depended on to do church, whether it was what we view as success or what we view, as, you know, anything. You can, I, I could point a stick at a hundred things and it's not the purpose today. Um, but, but it was really to strip away all those things. And so it's the, it's the going to have to choose between truth and the lies that are perpetrated daily, this word, the lies that are perpetrated daily into our homes through media, social media, conversations with people. And um, God wants, and the last sentence, put aside distractions. So... Smith Wigglesworth, um, right around the World War II time, um, there's a story of him and another man whose name is Martin Lloyd-Jones, who was really a young man. Smith was more in his elder years. But Martin Lloyd-Jones, as a younger man, was like invited to begin sort of like a mentoring relationship with Smith Wigglesworth. An amazing opportunity. He turns up to Smith Wigglesworth's home with a newspaper, which as you do, we turn up with our iPhones, they would turn up with a newspaper. It was quite normal. And, um, and so um, Smith Wigglesworth wouldn't let him in the house. <laughs> He's knocking on the door and, and no one was answering. But, but Martin Lloyd-Jones, the young 20-year-old something, maybe he's 23, standing on the outside and could hear Smith talking to someone on the inside saying, no, I'm not going to open the door. <laughs> so Smith, so, so he's knocking. He's like, I don't really know what to do. They invited me. I can hear them. But now they won't let me <laughs> into the house. And he, so he, he persisted. Something about faith, right? We've really got to persist. So he persisted and knocked again. And finally he hears from the other side, Smith Wigglesworth is like, you can't come in here with that. <laughs> so, and Smith Wigglesworth, I mean, sorry, Martin Lloyd-Jones does not know what is going on. He's like, what? And Smith finally said, the newspaper is propaganda. And I'll not li- allow any of those lies into my home. Only the word of God can come in here. Amen, right? Who said that? I say it louder, right? Amen, amen. Only the word of God can come in here to my house. And there's really something to that. When I heard that story, I just went, oh my gosh. We, we put aside the distractions, right? We allow so much of the wrong stuff to feed us. And really, Mark 4, 24 is a scripture that we were using on Friday night teaching about spiritual warfare. It is pay close attention because whatever you pay close, atten- pay close attention to what you're paying attention to. Because whatever you pay attention to, that is what you will get more of into your life, right? And so with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And so what you are giving yourself to, your heart's thinking, your heart's heart, your mind, heart, gut, it's all connected. We don't separate any of this, the whole part of who we are. It's our soul. It thinks and it, it's like it feeds on whatever we feed it. There's appetites that this thing, like a physical, we have a physical appetite and we survive because we feed our physical body food. But our spiritual and our um, soul also have appetites. And we feed our soul way too much distraction. <laughs> That's why Smith Wigglesworth has got that newspaper, which is that, their version of um, propaganda. Ours can just be. CNN and social media and whatever, you know. And so, so, so that's not coming into my house. 
I was like, what? That was so great because he's like, he would not let this young man into his house, just even carrying it. The young man, Martin Lloyd Jones, was probably not even going to read it necessarily, but he just had it because they were in England and it's, you know, they were very proper and they were very proper and you were a gentleman. And literally, if you knew what the news and you carried it and you showed that you carried it and you showed that you knew that you had it, it was the one way to say, to show people that you were a proper gentleman in England. It was like part of culture. Um, so Smith was like, that's not coming in here. <laughs> so, so Martin Lloyd-Jones had to hide the newspaper under a shrub <laughs> and then go back, knock on the door, and he was let in. And they just um, had a prayer meeting then together. And, and so um, what happened was Martin Lloyd-Jones was like invited for tea or, you know, tea brunch, had a cup of tea, and um, Smith Wigglesworth just goes, okay, well, let's not pray now. And Smith Wigglesworth took him to the lounge room or the living room, sat down and just read the word and prayed for 30 minutes and then said something to him and then went right back to praying and reading the word. And Martin Lloyd-Jones was then shown the door. <laughs> and he walked away and picked up his newspaper and walked away going, that was odd. What just happened? He, it, like it was like a, uh, a bit of a, a mindset change because he'd visited this hero of the faith who'd just been invited into this mentoring relationship with right and the whole point the whole meeting started awkward because he was told to leave his newspaper at the door and that was like why and then he's like trying to figure out oh it's propaganda lies okay and then and then the man smith wigglesworth doesn't even really talk to him they're just sitting praying (laughs) together and he's reading the bible to him i'm like and the reason Smith Wigglesworth is called a hero of the faith today is because he knew how to put aside all the distractions. He put aside all of the distractions. He knew what was vital and what was most important. It was the word of God. It was seeking God, his kingdom. And that's what I'm talking about today is seeking the kingdom. And so um, put aside the distractions. Sometimes I've got, I don't know where my phone ended up, which is not good because I do need to know what the time is. Can someone tell me? <laughs> 11.30. Someone better, like, stop me, say, hey, it's 12, throw something at me. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> a heavy Bible, just don't go for the head. Um, you might have to pray for me, raise me from the dead or something. Um, so, Smith Wigglesworth is amazing. So, he's a giant of the faith. He put aside the distractions. Here's the other word. I'm just going to get to the other word real quick before I jump into the scripture. And some of you know this word as well. I put this one. Um, on social media and um, someone goes, that's not biblical. I went, it is if you read a lot of your Bible. (laughs) 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 So literally, literally. So I was like, you know, all the things that he said weren't biblical. I was like, actually, I didn't didn't read this person on scripture on Facebook, but I was like, oh my gosh, he really doesn't read the Bible. I said, be careful of that, right? Be careful. Don't, don't come under people's accusations at all. An accusation is thrown at you from the enemy. Just don't fear them, no matter what it is. So anyway, this was January 20, literally a month later, January 20 in 2020. And this was at midnight. I was actually going to sleep and the Lord really woke me up and he goes, get your phone. So I got the note out and I stuck it in my notes and then had to, re- then had to rewrite it in my journal. So it's not to the weak. I give my kingdom... That's the thing the person told me I was being unscriptural about. (laughs) It's not to the spiritually weak. I give my kingdom. But to those spiritually strong in me. A man can be mentally and physically strong and up for any task. But in the spiritual, with this self-dependence, he is weak and unfit to serve in my kingdom. 
Is that hitting? Should I read that part? Oh, I'm going to read it again. It is not to the weak I give my kingdom, but to those spiritually strong in me. A man can be mentally and physically strong and up for any task, but in the spiritual, with this kind of self-dependence, he is weak and unfit to serve in my kingdom. And what that is, is if I come into, uh, well, I, I run a church, I preach. Right? If, I, if I was to stand in front of you on my own strength and my own confidence and think that this is about me and, and start going into that place of pride and vainglory and standing up here trying to put on display who I am, intelligence or whatever right that's what god here is calling spiritual weakness right and so he does not give his kingdom to people who stand in their own strength and just think that they've got something to say and can minister outside of what he's wanting us to do and say and be and minister from right and so the next part is to this because he he said he goes are you listening to me (laughs) it's midnight okay (laughs) so it's like a bit of like shake awake are you listening to me What happens when someone is unfit for service in the army, like the US military? What happens? Who said that? Yeah, right. So discharge, exactly. Unfit for service in the American military and you'll be booted out. And not kindly. It's kind of public, right? Well, God was saying this. What happens when someone is unfit for service in the army? They are discharged without hesitation because they are a liability. And this is what Holy Spirit said. But in the spirit realm, it's much worse. This is where the leaven that spoils the whole batch comes into the church. So the leaven that spoils the batch is hypocrisy. It's hypocrisy if I stand here in my own strength and think that I have something to give you and something to minister out of me or myself and my strength and my self-dependence and my self-confidence. That is a hypocrisy. hypocritical (laughs) it's a hypocrisy and what he was alluding to is that the pharisees were all about what they were doing all of the externals all of the self-confidence because of what they'd done and achieved in themselves in their own strength and their own confidence was what they stood on and then they stood before men as if that was a reason that gave them the ability to stand before men and minister to men and God's saying no that is hypocrisy and that is the leaven that spreads throughout the whole church and God is saying that this is what has weakened the American church It's the hypocrisy, it's the self-dependence, the self-confidence that we've stood on and then ministered from and then we've tried to feed people something that's not even part of kingdom because it's just come out of a human idea and the human intelligence and we are really good, we're smart, we we can create, we can build skyscrapers, skyscrapers, right? We can send people to the moon. We can build, did I say that right? Skyscrapers, did I say it wrong? (laughs) I talk too fast, I know I do. Slow down. <laughs> I made a joke. I made a joke. So I watch YouTube and sometimes I put it on like 1.5 speed because I don't have a lot of time. <laughs> so, so, so sometimes I speed it up, right? 1.5. Uh, if, it's, if it's like Graham Cook, sometimes times two. <laughs> Anybody who's listening to him, you know what I mean? And so, and, so, and so when I told my husband that I'd been doing that, he goes, that's why you freight train and talk too fast when you preach. <laughs> So, so just watch this later and put it on like 0.75. Slow me down. <laughs> Anybody watching on YouTube later, put it on like 0.5, Slow it down. Anyway, where was I? Oh, unfit for, unfit for duty. Unfit for duty. So the whole batch, spoils the whole batch. Um, so we're called into, I'm going to put this aside actually because I'm going to run out of time if I keep talking about that. 
my stuff's going to be spread everywhere by the time <laughs> by the time I'm done. Um, so the kingdom of God is talked about in Scripture. Jesus talks about the kingdom of God more than any other topic. I know that a lot of you have been told that he talks about money a lot more as if it's the thing he talks about most. He does not. He talks about the kingdom of God more than any other topic. So, so never say that, never say. Jesus talked about money more than anything else because he did not, right? And let's drop that. He did talk about the kingdom of God. And we are part of his kingdom, spiritual kingdom. We're spiritual first, spiritual people first. We have a spirit, we have a soul, we have a physical body. We live in the physical body and it is how we function and we eat food and we, you know, um, interact with people in a physical. And so it can become the thing that we think about, but it can become the thing that distracts us then from what's really going on in the spiritual realm. And same with our soul. So I'm going to talk today a little bit about our soul and how that can, um, what we can do to really start becoming people who understand what it means to be people who walk in the kingdom of God. So the kingdom of God is just this, very simply, it's just the rule and reign of Christ Jesus. Wherever his government is set up, there is the kingdom of God. So my heart, my home, my family, our church, any church that's really preaching Jesus Christ and where he is Lord, because there are some churches where he's not, he's not really honoured really as the first and vital and Lord and that's what I think he's doing through COVID. He's really flipping that and stripping back people's um, faith to a place where there's just real authentic trust in him because the gospel works, right? Gospel works. And so he's just stripping away so much of the church and so much of our own internal thinking, but, but even, even you know churches, how they function and what has been done for decades that might have seen great growth and might have seen some success or a measure of success, but not really the success he wants to bring in people's hearts. And so... So the kingdom of God is just the place where God's government is set up and Jesus Christ is Lord and his rulership is, is clear, it's evident. His peace is evident. His righteousness and his justice and his mercy is the things that people are really pursuing and operating under. That's the kingdom of God. So Jesus came. I'll, you can read through the four Gospels and, and um, they'll say the kingdom of God has come near. The kingdom of God has come near. The kingdom of God is like. And you'll hear this quite a few times in, in the Gospels. And um, I, I really want to demystify what it is. The, the scripture, Matthew 6.33, is seek first the kingdom of God and all of these things will be added unto you, is one of the absolute key verses to understanding the kingdom of God. But here's the thing, is what a, that seek first the kingdom of God is the first part, the important part. And then all these things will be added. All of the things... Are all of the things that we need to do life with. All of the things are my daily bread, my house, my shelter, my clothing, my my um, my job, my promotion at job. You know, all of all of life's functioning. The food, as I'm raising kids, all of these things will be added if I'm seeking the kingdom of God as first priority. So this is what I really want to talk about. Let's turn over to. Um, just open your Bibles to Luke, just deciding which scripture. Yeah, so I just quoted from Matthew 6.33. It's famous, seek first the kingdom. But I'm actually going to, it's the same verse, but I'm going to read it from Luke. So open up to Luke, I'm reading from the NIV chapter 12, and I'm starting in verse 22. And these are all the things that God's going to add, okay? 
Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear, for life is more than food, and the body is more than clothes. Consider the ravens, they do not sow, and they do not reap, they have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than the birds? Who of you by adding, sorry, by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. Um, and if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and by the way, tomorrow grown, uh, you know, withered and gone, thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you of little faith? Verse 29, do not set your heart on what you will eat and drink. Do not worry about it, for the pagan world runs after all such things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But 31, here's the same, Luke 12, 31, it's the same verse, just slightly worded differently from Matthew 6, 33. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Then Luke 30, 12, 32, do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom of God. It's his great delight to give you the kingdom of God. 33. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will never fail. Where no thief comes near and no moth can destroy. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I'm going to say about this verse here too. It's been used about money and again for giving to the church. And again, here, money is not the emphasis. It is the emphasis is the kingdom of God. Okay. I'm going to read it from 31. Seek his kingdom and all these things will be given to you. Do not be afraid. Your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will never fail. Like heavenly treasure will never fail. For where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. So this is the th- couple of things that I wanted to just talk about. Is So uh, the word seek in the Greek is zeta or zeta. It just means just pursue, like pursue the kingdom with everything you are. Like let your heart and your emotions and everything, your set your direction at pursuing the Lord, devote yourself to him. It's simple but what I found this week and then cried about because God's just good um, there's a Hebrew understanding of the word what it meant to be in the Hebrew understanding to seek the Lord meant to worship him so when you read seek his kingdom actually you're saying seek like worship the Lord as your first thing because it is the first priority of the kingdom of heaven the first priority of our lives, even why Adam was created and set in the garden, which was a type of temple, right? He was set in the middle as God's priest who was just going to bring worship up to God in the garden. It was for worship that we, we were created and to enjoy God forever, right? And to, to find out this week that that word, the Zeta word, probably butchering Greek again, but to, uh, to find out that this week that's what the word really, the, the deeper meaning from the Hebrew understanding, because Jesus would draw from the Hebrew understanding in all of his speaking, right? To worship God as the first thing. And then all of these things in your life will be added. Everything else will work out. 
<laughs> it kind of really simplifies what it really means to seek the kingdom of God. So if we understand that the kingdom of God is everywhere where the rulership of Jesus Christ is set up, so over my own heart then, and then if I just, with everything I am, set my heart to be a worshipper. And now worship, we've just spent time here worshipping in the singing part and the corporate singing part. That's one part of worship. But do you know worship also includes your daily obedience? Like just your ability to get up and sit with him and go, oh, you're here again, God. That's worship. As we pray, as we just talk to him and conduct our way, that's also worship. The, the Hebrew word to cultivate the garden, because Adam was to cultivate the garden, he got booted out, then he had to really go work and the cultivate, really work hard. That same word also means worship. So even in our, even in our cultivating and our work, and like even as you go to work, you carry the Lord with you and as you carry the Lord with you and you give your emotions over to him and your heart's attention to him, that is, the, that is worship as well. So in our, in, our, in our carrying him and being really open to remembering who he is and that he's with us in every moment, capturing and setting our hearts to remember him in every moment is the way we seek the kingdom. So I hope that's made what seeking the kingdom is about really simple. I've really, I'm really trying to demystify what the kingdom of God is. The kingdom of God is the rulership of Jesus Christ. I've decided he is my, here's the thing, right? People know him as um, saviour. I'm saved. Now I have a habit of going to church, but not much of their life changes. Versus I'm saved and he is my Lord. So now lordship is in my heart and my whole life is yielded over. And now he owns everything about me. I will now live my whole life fully devoted to him. There's a great difference between just knowing him as saviour, eternal destiny, secure, and having a habit of going to church and doing all the things, right? External works versus the absolute lordship where there is high honour off your heart. Because uh, that's the place of freedom. You just brilliantly spoke about freedom off the back of worship there. The place of freedom for the believer is when we've made him Lord. And people don't understand. It's opposite to the way the world thinks. Well, if I make him Lord, then I'm really not. Subconsciously, people think like that, right? And that's the whole point, though. Jesus is like, yeah, yeah, you're not. I am. So yield, surrender. (laughs) And then you'll be in the place of complete freedom and operate in a place of wholeness and healing in me, right? So seek first, is Luke 12, 31, seek first his kingdom and all of these things will be given to you as well. Um, just because of time, I don't want to go into a ton of things about all of the things given. I'll tell two quick stories of all these things given. Um, I moved to America with one suitcase. Um, and in that suitcase, because uh, God told me, leave in Australia, you're not coming back. Pack what you want because you're not coming back. So we just got married. So all of everything. All of the brand new wedding stuff just went into storage and I, I locked it and went, oh, okay. I couldn't tell my husband because he thought we were he thought he was going to get a really big basketball contract and that we'd be back in Australia or somewhere in Europe. And and that's that's it was a great option. But I, I was not going to be the one to tell him the Lord's plan for us because he would then retire from basketball <laughs> based on me saying something and I was like uh-uh because <laughs> if that goes south then he's gonna blame me Lord you have to speak to him I'm ready I'll bring my one suitcase but so I'm packing the one suitcase packed our stuff in storage packed my one suitcase with the oddest things he's thinking we're going for a vacation why are you packing 
those things. Because <laughs> in my heart, I'm like, these are my precious things. Is like the biggest Bible commentary that I had. And just this, like we're coming into American summer for six weeks or eight weeks. And I'm like packing this this sweater that my mum knitted me. <laughs> like It just didn't make sense in his head why I was packing one suitcase with the weirdest stuff. And um, so I can't, but, but we did, we came. And just within a few weeks of us being here, the Lord spoke to him too. And, and then we never, so I never went back to Australia, America. But, but I'm saying this so you understand. It was a seeking first of God's kingdom and he added everything to us. And in that week, we, got, we, we were put up in a house. We were given jobs and we bought a car and life was just given to us. And I say given to us because we were paid to, to do a job. Uh, we on staff, brought onto a staff in a church and they put us up in a house and everything. So we walked into God's plan and we didn't even know what all of the plan was. I moved with one suitcase, right? So he's, that's, that's a pretty big one, moving countries with one suitcase, just on a one word from God. So that's big, but, but he makes it all worth it. He makes it all worth it. Here's another story, and this is a really funny one. So um, I was pregnant with, I don't even know which kid it was at this point, and, and <laughs> I only had three. I've only had three. It's not like I had ten and I can't remember, right? <laughs> I shouldn't lose track of three. <laughs> so I was pregnant with one of them. And um, we'd been here, prob- probably Bella, because I feel like it was quite a few years in the house that we're in right now. And um, we, had, um, we had been given a washer and a dryer, and they were old. But, you know, some of those older, the older equipment works better than some of the new stuff. So we, we had this dryer that was, like, on its last legs, though. And we had a, a bit of a flood in one of our rooms, our little downstairs room that's converted to a garage. It was a garage. And we had a bit of a flood and the laundry was back behind that and our washer and dryer were getting moved out so that the walls could be stripped down because the, the walls were falling off the... Because they'd been melted, the water had affected everything. So th- it had to be stripped back to just the studs so we could start again. But we dragged out this washer and dryer that we'd been given. So it's not ungrateful... I wasn't ungrateful when I prayed this, but at the same time, I'd had enough and we had no money to really even fix the, um, a lot of the stuff, right? But I, I, I was helping my... I'm big and pregnant. I'm trying to like help out, <laughs> move a big dryer and washer, which I don't recommend. Um, but I, I, we wheeled them out and I kind of went to the Lord. Clayton didn't hear this either. I went to the Lord, I don't want to put these junky things back in there. I want new ones. And then went, why don't I just pray? And then two days later... A brand new washing machine and a brand new dryer turned up. I didn't tell my husband. It's not like I told someone who had the money to come do it. Someone just turned up and went, I just got these for you. Is this okay? I went, of course it's okay. <laughs> no, it's not okay. <laughs> no. So what I'm saying, I'm saying this, I want you to understand, it really is, we can trust God with, this, with this, the, the, the things, and even like that was a bit of a frustration that I had these beat up old things and kids in diapers and nappies and lots of clothes that you have to wash when you've got little kids. And so God wants to meet those needs for us. And, and um, it's the seeking of his kingdom. When he knows... When he really knows you live dependent on him, this is the dependence on him, the seeking his kingdom, the decision to live really dependent on him. And um, he does meet every single need. And he's good, right? Even if we're on our way to living dependent or on our way to really prioritizing, he still is so graceful along the way and so good along the way, right? It's not like if you're not living there, you're not going to receive those things. It's the, but it's the, it's the decision of your heart to go the decision of your heart to go I'm going to live fully dependent on this one Jesus Christ 
And he's worth it. And the gospel works. His word works. Where is my Bible? Like this thing. This thing is the thing. The only thing that Smith Wigglesworth would let in his house. Because this is the thing that works. The only thing that works. Anyway, another Bible verse. Back to 11... 11, 12, verse 32. Same, 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 right where we were. Don't be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. If you look around some of the words, like, because I'm a geeky, so I do look around all the, all the um, languages and stuff. So it just, it's God's great delight to give the kingdom to us. It's God's great delight to put a new washer and dryer in my broken down stuff it's God's great delight to meet our needs it's God's because I know there's parents here you understand the minute you have your own child like what wouldn't you do for that child if your child comes running to you for a hug aren't you like hugging that child back even bigger than what their little hug is and you're like oh come here big big embrace that's the father with us right and so so he is well pleased to give us the kingdom see Adam and Eve lost the kingdom I'm not trying to go there right now. Hmm? Oh, thank you. Adam and Eve lost it, right? But from the beginning, God said to He said to um, He said to Satan, "You're going to eat dust of the earth." <laughs> he goes, He goes, and and by the way, soon one is coming who'll who'll uh, tread on your head, stomp. You'll bruise his heel a little bit, but you are you are dust eater. <laughs> Interesting. We came from dust, huh? So He comes to steal, kill, and destroy the dust, us. Right, so we've got to understand who we are. I'm not trying to talk about that right now, but um, well pleased to give you the kingdom. So Jesus, what he did by dying, by living, the, every day that he breathed as a man, you know, in the flesh, was an absolute affront to to the enemy's kingdom. Every single devil and and you know demon knew he was God, because they'd scream sometimes, "We don't want you here. Why are you here disturbing my peaceful?" control of humanity right demons so they, they all knew who he was but the moment he died on the cross and rose again took the keys back from the devil he turned around and gave it to us he gave back what adam the devil stole from adam through lies and through deceit right gave it right back and the father has been well pleased well pleased his great delight is to give us the kingdom so now i'm just going to move on to Verse 12, sorry, verse 33, chapter 12, verse 33. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will not fail. No thief comes near and no moth can destroy. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And here's, here's really what I wanted to talk about with regard to what the kingdom is and how we really become people who understand how to operate in it, access it, share it around. Okay, Treasure... The word treasure there, the Greek is, is theosori or theosori, where we get the, the word that we use for thesaurus, which we know a thesaurus and a dictionary go hand in hand. It's a book full of words and phrases and explanations. And so we can use language. So where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So understand this. Our thoughts, our belief system... This is what this is relating to. Everything that we believe, everything then, because the Bible says that out of the mouth, the heart speaks. Everything that we are saying, again, it's all about language, right? 
This is, this is the kingdom operates because it's a speech-activated kingdom. God in the beginning said, let there be light. And then he handed it over to Adam and said, now, Adam, you name all the animals. It's a speech-activated kingdom. But we do the same thing. Here's the thing. So Jesus, we know, is the Logos. From John 1.1 1, 1 is the word of God. The word Logos, God. Logos meaning he is the word and he existed from the beginning. You can open it. It's all right. <laughs> she's like, it's making too much noise. <laughs> I'm eating chocolate while she's preaching. Can I even do that? Yes, you can do that. <laughs> as long as you share. <laughs> share that chocolate. <laughs> so here's my prop, right? And this is what I love. Logos comes from the word Lego, Lego, where this company got their name from, building blocks. The word, le- the word Logos, which is Jesus, the word, comes from Lego, building blocks. And so this is what it looks like inside, inside my heart, inside the internal part of who we are. My belief system looks like assembled blocks, <laughs> if, you could, if you could see it. It would look like thought upon thought upon belief upon belief upon something that I've just built up into my heart, into my... So my treasure then, if I'm really going to be someone who's pursuing the Lord, my treasure is going to be Him and the thoughts about Him. What I put into my heart, which is the Word of God and everything that I believe about who He is, become inside me just this walled, this wall of internal strength, right? Stronghold. Now, here's the thing though. If I have not submitted my thinking and my heart and my world and everything over to him, this will still exist in me, but it's a stronghold that the enemy can hide out in. And this is where demons can hide out in Christians. A demon cannot possess you because the Holy Spirit does. The Bible says that you were, when you were born again, you were marked with a seal in him over your heart there's a li- I've seen it in the spirit it looks like a little I've, s- I've said this right before looks like a little um you know those old school you know they'd seal a letter and put a bit of wax seal and stamp it well it's like that over your heart that angels and demons can see because I've seen it in the spirit what it looks like I've seen right the mark sitting over someone's heart there's a seal in you because you've been marked with the Holy Spirit and you are God's possession you belong to him yet even though that is true there still can be wrong strongholds in you there still can be these wrong belief systems and these lies. So one lie built upon another lie built upon another lie or thought upon thought or even a little bit of a twist of what we believe about Jesus is, right? So if he, we know he, his grace and truth, but if we only lean into the grace part and don't ever accept his truth and allow his truth to change us, these strongholds will exist in us, right? And behind these things, if they are the wrong strongholds, are where we allow the enemy to have access into our life and he will have a field day. It can be the enemy can come and torment Christians. So can a demon, can a Christian have a demon? Yes, we can. They don't possess us, but yes, 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 we can be tormented. Yes, we can have anxiety and depression and all of those things because we've not allowed the truth of the word of God to come in and break down the old mindsets or strongholds and then not given the time to really develop what God wants us, which is his word in us, 
His every word, whether it's now Logos word or spoken prophetic words, build upon us this strength in us, which is a stronghold in us of absolute impenetrable truth. And then we become people who really can walk around this world completely fearless, bold, courageous to do everything that God's asked us to do. That's what he needs. That's what he's looking for on the earth is people who understand who they are in him, their identity in him, to be fully free from the old stuff and to be able to be going, all right, God, now build Build in me what you want in me. Build your thoughts in me that you want. Teach me your ways. Holy Spirit, right, is our capital T, teacher, the greatest teacher. He's given and will not be taken from us. And he is our counsellor. He is, he walks, he's called the paraclete. That means walk alongside, close beside. He walks with us every single day to lead us and guide us into all truth. And so that our focus daily becomes more and more of Christ Jesus. And he's also the one who will convict of sin. And the things in us, the old mindsets, he convicts in us the things that are the old wrong habits of thinking, the old wrong habits of doing that are according to the old pattern of our life before Christ. He's the one who's living with us every day and wants to have this ability to be able to come in and, and, and move around a few things and blow up some old strongholds and so that we people who are really, really free because, because then we're really people who can, the kingdom of God suffers violence as the violent take it by force. We become a violence against the enemy and we do great destruction for the enemy kingdom when we know who we are and we have this stronghold in us that is just impenetrable to him, right? It's the truth of the word of God and our relationship with God that is just the thing over anything. That's our worship, right? Seek first the kingdom. It's through worship. Our worship is the seeking. Our worship is the apply myself to the word of God. Our worship is apply myself to know God, to know Jesus. The Ephesians 1.17, Paul says that, um, I pray that you would, it's epignosis is the Greek word, know and have the spirit of wisdom and revelation to know God, to know Jesus Christ. It's the epignosis is not head knowledge. It's relational experience with this one we call Jesus Christ who is our saviour but he's also become our Lord, Lord. And in the place of lordship we learn to become his friend because he doesn't become the friend of the one who won't acknowledge him as Lord. He doesn't invite people in. The casual seekers don't have room in this place. The casual seeker casual attender of church who just or or maybe they're not casually attending church but very religiously attending church and, and serving on every kind of team they can but all of the externals because that's what they're thinking that they've got to approach God with but they've not really made him Lord and yielded over the full will their own will their own ego to him so that he can have his way in them right so lordship is the invitation into friendship is the invitation for the Holy Spirit to continually come in us and have his way so that he is building... Oh, caught it. <laughs> I've got ninja, ninja skills. It's like a running joke, actually. I catch things like down here and I go, I think it's angels. <laughs> one time, one time I caught a... You know, you know on a, on a old, one of those old school trains and they had those... I've just gone so way off track with this, but it's worth telling because it's really funny. Um, it's cartoon-like in my head. So uh, I was on a train and they have those um, high things that you can store your bags in. Well, a bunch of surfers all got on and they stuck all their surfboards in them and I'm just sitting in the train and what, it rattled out and I caught it like that with one hand, <laughs> like caught, caught it. 
is called it like that. It's like complete fluke, right? But all these guys, they're all younger than me. They're like, oh, is she? <laughs> and I was in another city away from where I live and I didn't know this. They were all my brother's friends who didn't even live with me in that same city. But the story got back to my brother and they go, they go, oh, my friends think you're like some superwoman ninja. <laughs> all I was doing is saving my head. <laughs> Don't let that hit my head. <laughs> Oh, went so far south. Five after. Okay, so so, thesaurus is the treasure. Remember this. I will just read that scripture again if I can. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The beginning I gave that word about put aside all the distractions. The distractions are the wrong treasure. The distractions are the things that we build in our heart or allow to be built in our heart that really distract us from him who is the greatest of all treasures, right? And so the treasure, if we just set our heart and intention our heart to pursue the Lord with everything we, ha- we have and, and really allow him to be Lord, then there's incredible reciprocal invitation into intimacy and friendship with him. And that was what we were created for. He doesn't make it hard for us. We make it hard because we don't want to yield <laughs> and we don't want to give up things that we, we would like. And we don't, you know, sometimes there's a little bit of idolatry can be going on. Sometimes my phone, wherever it is, it can be just my phone, right? Wrong amount, more time given to social media instead of just being able to draw away with the Lord and just go, what is it you want to say to me right now? Because I'm sick of listening to Facebook, <laughs> right? Let's pray. Thank you for joining us today. For more resources like this or to find information about our weekly services, visit seashorechurch.com.